my calculations are correct, when this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit. Do you really think you have a chance against us, Mr. Cowboy? Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. It's showtime. Right, welcome everybody to another episode of the VHS Strikes Back. I am one of your hosts, Chris, and my co-host and very good friend is Dave. Hey there, Chris, and hello to our listeners out there. Welcome to the VHS Strikes Back, the show where we dust off the old video player and go on a nostalgic journey to look at the good and the bad movies of yesteryear. Now, Chris, what are we going to review this week? Well, Dave, we are going to go back to 1983 in the themes we build up to Halloween, Dave, of a movie that I did want to do. It's been on my list, and I keep thinking about do I pick it, do I pick somewhere else? Obviously, The Ultimate Weapon was one of my picks a few <laughs> time ago, Dave. Still, I'm still smarting from that amazing fucking Irish jig that the Hulkster had on. So I thought, you know what? You're right. Let's do something that's based around Halloween. So... Or, you know, them connotations. So we're going to go back to 1983. It's a John Carpenter-directed movie day, Stephen King origin. And obviously, we've just done a Stephen King movie as well. So I thought, you know, let's go for it. So we're going to review day, Christine. So had you ever seen this or heard of this before I picked it? I hadn't. And when you were describing it, I was thinking, oh, and I was talking about, oh, I think I remember this runaway truck or something like that. I think that might have That's been a Stephen King. That's Julia. Yeah, Not something that well. completely different. But no, as soon as I started watching this, I was like, yeah, there's, there's nothing ringing any bells for this one. But it does seem like the sort of thing that I would have been into. So I think probably more when I was getting towards the late 80s, you know, so probably 86 onwards, you know, that was my kind of Stephen King phase when, you know, things like Hellraiser in 87 would scare the living shit out of me. And I'm like, oh, fuck that. Freddy Krueger. You know, it's funny. I was listening to to Mike and Megan's Afterthoughts over on Genuine Chit Chat and uh, they'd watch Nightmare on Elm Street, you know, and they're, they're of a younger generation chris and uh not obviously uh old like us and they're like yeah the idea of it's great but you know it's just not scary i was like i well i never (laughs) it was (laughs) it was scary back in the day it fucking shit us up you know uh chris in particular (laughs) no (laughs) but me uh, me definitely so um yeah, those were the sort of things that would really, you know, gnaw away at your brain and, and sort of play back at you. And when the lights go out at night, you're like, oh, fucking hell. But the Stephen King stuff, you know, like Pet Cemetery, uh, It in 1990, you know, the, the things like that were like sort of safe horror. They, a lot of it was more creepy than horror-like. And so I guess this one was just a bit too early and I never caught it on the TV or anything like that. But but this definitely would have been a bit of me around those late 80s times. Yeah, it's interesting because I think, I don't know how I came across this, Dave, because you know me, I'm an absolute coward when it comes to horror movies and everything. And I don't know where, but I think it might be the car thing again. So you mentioned Jewel. Mm. That's one that I was going to pick as well. Jewel is, is there. It's a great movie. And maybe, you know, that that might get picked pretty soon, but I don't want to do a bit of a, a trio of Stephen King movies between, you know, two for me, one for you. So I, I don't know what to do next, but that will come at some point. So maybe it's just the car side of it. But yeah, I watched it. I didn't rent it. I think it was one that was on TV. I was absolutely petrified, like, watching it. I was probably about 11 or 12, and I was really 
got into this like this car that was just like crazed and a killer. But we're watching it in 2023, Dave, as a 44-year-old man. So let's, you know, I'll, I'll leave it till we get into the review. But I remember it's always on the movies. I don't know why. I always enjoyed it. And I think I've watched it a couple of times in my lifetime. And I haven't watched it for about 20 years, at least 20, 25 years. But I thought, you know what? You've never seen it. Let's go for it. So, yeah, it's just interesting where we lead. And then we had that discussion about Stephen King movies being pretty bobbins when they're put on the screen. Mm. There's only a couple that are excellent. So uh, I'm really interested what you think of this day. I think I know, but you haven't (laughs) said anything to me, but I am interested. Awesome. Well, with that, Chris, should we get into our trailer? Let's go. Sonny, you ever owned a car before? No. I just got my license. Start her up. Her name's Christine. I like that. I saw you guys at the football game. How'd you ever get that car fixed stuff like that? Oh, this plain old-fashioned hard work, huh? Ever since he bought that car, he's been obsessed with it. And you know what else? They told us the man who owned that car last died in it. What do you know about that car? I know that the guy who owned the car before, Arnie, his daughter choked to death in Christine. It's that car. I swear it's the car. That's Christine coming. Oh, Cherry. That's funny, you know, because I, I heard she was total. Well, after I cleaned up the broken glass, it wasn't so bad. So what if you you fix it up, you know, and he just comes back and does it again? He won't do it again. In late 1957, a red and white 1958 Plymouth Fury is being built on the assembly line. The car injures a factory worker by slamming its hood on his hand. Another worker sits in the driver's seat shortly thereafter, turns on the radio and flicks cigar ashes into the plastic-covered upholstery. A short time later, the worker is mysteriously found dead in the car. Chris... What do you reckon to the opening <laughs> of this really scary movie? <laughs> <laughs> oh, hang on a minute, hang on. The, the plot has missed out a massive 
scene at the start of the movie I want to talk about. But yes, that is the pretext of the movie. That's the plot. Arnie obviously looks a bit like Rick Moranis, Tony. He's got that look mm. about him, you know, that geeky guy. He's mates the jock, you know, who's who's like the, you know, he's he's like the buddy, and he uh, no buddy's the buddy. Sorry, you've got his mate. Um, they end up in the fucking garage, right? And the school garage. The guy, buddy, who is the leader of the gang, has got a Jim Morrison look about him. Almost even Jason Patrick has from <laughs> The Lost Boy. This was before. But he's about fucking 40. So yeah. Arnie... Right? Built like a brick shit house, yeah, exactly. by the way. <laughs> Arnie and Dennis, is like, you know, his mate, they both look late teens, maybe early 20s probably in real, real life. This guy, buddy, he's... Well old. He looks like fucking a Val Kilmer ripoff, doesn't he? Yeah. He's, he's, got, he's got the full long Jim Morrison hair, everything. But he looks so old. And we're supposed to believe that he's, that he's a high school fucking job. <laughs> and then he pulls this fucking hard. He's got his, his dinner. He pulls a knife out. And, you know, Dennis is going to have a go at him. And they have this whole scene, don't they, where like Dennis gets picked up by his bollocks, put on his arse, then then Arnie gets fucking, you know, taken out and the teacher's there and he threatens the teacher and he basically gets suspended. And that's basically the plot is that Arnie ends up inciting revenge. But that whole bit at the start, Dave, I am pissing myself. I mean, we covered what was the one um our great friend Tony Freena picked where it was the, the School of Rock thing or something. School of Rock, what was the yeah, one? yeah. <laughs> Not School of Rock. Is that what it was, School of Rock? What was it called? The School of Rock, the, yeah, yeah. The one oh, with was the that, wood yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and they were all, the, the fucking students were about 30, weren't they, at least, and looked. Yeah. This guy has rock got to roll, be... Rock and Roll High School. Yeah, that's it, Rock and Roll High School. <laughs> this guy has got to be the oldest fucking teenager we've ever covered in any movie. Well, Chris, I mean, you you talk about Buddy there. So William Ostrander, and he was born in 1959. So actually, in 1983, he would have been right 24. Bullshit! <laughs> Bullshit! <laughs> Do you remember though when we were going through Beverly Hills Cop? What's it? The ball fellow, the cop. Tiger. He's younger than us, He's fucking 39. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? So this guy, Buddy, he does, he looks at least north of 30. But yeah, technically, according to his birthday on uh, on IMDb, yeah, 24 years old. <laughs> oh my God, that is bullshit. But anyway... I remember Dave being so scared of this. You baffled me now, Dave. I'm going to be looking at this guy everywhere. Um, but I, I remember watching this, like say, being really scared of it, like dead eerie because it was up. I think but I'll be honest, I'm going to set the table out now. It ain't scary at all. No. Like in 2023, it's not. And I have got so many problems with this movie watching it again now, like all these years later. So. I know I've said a few things, but what did you think of the, the start, the idea, the concepts of the movie, David? Did it even fucking remotely go, well, oh, that's a bit fucking scary? No, I mean, uh, it's it's almost... I mean, there's Black Mirror episodes that are definitely scarier than this, aren't they? It's almost like yeah. uh, Tales from the Unexpected sort of creepiness as opposed to anything particularly scary. I mean, a few little... Um, 
jump scares here and there. But no, I mean, it, it's not much more scary, Chris, than Herbie Goes Bananas. <laughs> what a film that is. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, there was, there was nothing scary about this. Now, again, it, it's hard. So I'm watching it, you know, in my 40s, like for the first time. So I've gone back to other things. I mentioned about Nightmare on Elm Street and thought, oh, Christ, what was I scared about? But but I can, you can sort of get why a kid would find that really scary. And beyond what's just on the screen, it's the idea of it. The yeah. idea that this thing sort of could happen, that, that's the scariest bit of it. But, yeah, this this just isn't sort of, yeah, it, it, there's nothing really about it that, that's scary. The the thing with Buddy, though, was pure comedy. I knew we'd end up uh, touching on that for a while. But again, he, Stephen King, he always seems to have this, not just a bully, not just a regular bully, but a murderous bully <laughs> who yeah. is one fucking stab away from killing someone. So it, it, I legendary writer but you know he's, he does have his tropes doesn't he and um you, you know arnie he seems like a stand-up guy at the start doesn't he you know he's drawn towards this car and you're thinking oh you know don't do it because i kind of know the premise but you know then he goes fucking uh toby mcguire doesn't he <laughs> He goes Spider-Man <laughs> 2, Tobey Maguire. He gets worse and worse. He's just He just needs to do the dancing, you know, in the middle of the... Uh, Fucking brilliant. In the yeah. middle of the hallway thing, or the doorway. So, yeah. It, and it's weird because sometimes you're not really sure, is it just the car? Because all the windows are blacked out, aren't they? And it, it's like, it seems to be just the car when it's going after people. And, and the thing is... You know what? What I find interesting. So I don't think this movie's terrible, Chris. Not scary at all. Yeah. But you know, watchable. Most of the baddies, you're kind of like, yeah, you deserved it. You know, so you're not really sad that like Buddy and his gang. I mean, they they basically. I don't know if they deserve to die, by the way. But you know, Buddy's an arsehole, and they is kind of mates who are with him. When they're absolutely trashing the car, it's like, fucking hell, life was boring in the 50s, wasn't it? You know, <laughs> there was nothing to do. Like, before Netflix and everything, just fucking chill out, watch Netflix or something. No, no, they have to pick on this kid to to the extent where he's been doing this car up, you know, taking it from this old rust bucket, doing it all up, and then they're just going to absolutely fucking trash it. So that's when it, you're like, yeah, you're all fucked. You're all dead. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so so I guess the, the scary bits at the start, Christine's kind of killing off all the people who you think are arseholes anyway. Yeah, she's doing – and I agree because I, I think the idea – and you're right, you've got the big bad who's this gang, you know, like it's almost grease levels of like, you know, the T-Bird and all that. Yeah. It does. It is grease lightning like scene, that. isn't it? When he gets on the yeah. top of the car, I'm like, fucking hell, that is grease. <laughs> it is grease. But you're right, Arnie. And apparently, Arnie's character starts dressing like the 1950s. So he goes from like early 80s, mid 80s to dressing like a teddy boy, like a rock and roller from the 50s. And that was obviously on purpose. I did realize this day, but I was reading it up as well. Apparently, it's pretty much filmed in the same area. John Carpenter filmed Halloween as well. So it's the oh, same right. um, 
same like Borough sort of thing. But what gets me is Dennis's driving, Dave, one of my favourite cars, a Dodge Charger, which obviously was used in the Dukes of Hazzard. It's an RT as well, mm. absolute classic car. But if a car's coming after you, right? So we see a few things, don't we, with Christine? And when she transforms herself, I did like the way they do that, the transforming of the car, you know, and all that when it gets destroyed. But some of the effects, car, sorry, some of the good. effects are amazing. Yes, like, very you, good. You, I was thinking, how the fuck did they do this with, with no CGI? Because you, you just do that with CGI today. And apparently they used some sort of compression. So, you know, you had a fully formed, you know, untouched car. And then it's somehow, you know, they've, they've compressed it. And then they wound the footage backwards, so it gives the impression that it's all—it's like filling out and getting its shape back and everything. Really clever, but really effective. I—that I, was a bit that I was like, oh yeah, that is—that is really good. Yeah, and and it, honestly, there's a few bits like that. And I, again, just recent read, read up. It was they manipulated some plastic and stuff like that. You know the way they did it when it sort of morphed and got herself back to you know fully out the showroom look, but. Mm. If a car's what well, I've got a problem with Dave, right? So if a car's chasing you like that, right? Why do people run on the fucking road in a straight line? That it's car not has got <laughs> exactly that car's probably almost as long as a fucking bus, right? Nowadays, the turning circle on it doesn't matter yeah. how fucking dangerous it is. It ain't going to catch you up to flight of stairs. It's not turning round. You just basically go down somewhere. I know they had that scene in it, which was what shipped me up when I was a kid, but. It's nonsense. The bit when like Arnie and Christine sort of become one, and obviously he's bought it for two fifty. He's got this long running mm. thing with his mum and dad. They say you can't have it, so he stores it in this garage, like this warehouse. Sorry, that's why obviously Christine keeps coming back, doesn't she? And the guy who runs the warehouse, like with smoke on, or she's damaged, and the next day she's there's no damage. But the cop guy as well, he's like. He pulls hard in. He's like, "Where are you, son?" Yeah, I was in there. I was out last night getting parts yeah. of the car. Right, well, your car's done this, but it's that. And, and he's just so lackadaisical with the fact, you know, like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> People are getting killed, willy, willy nilly, willy nilly, <laughs> David. But it's that thing for me: the fact that this car is possessed, and people just keep fucking sitting in her. They just like it's like yeah. she attracts them in, and then you get the song. You know, I hear nothing, but he can't come in. I mean, that's pretty fingy. That I mean, there's a few rock and roll tunes from the era, obviously, that she was created. But it's there's some good bits in it. Bits in it, I really agree. But there is n- no point. Are you scared? And it's just the car is literally unbelievable how it kills these people, and they just run in straight lines or put themselves in situations where it can kill them. Yeah, I mean the cop. That is probably the most ridiculous kill, isn't it? Because, yeah, like you say, the car is fucking steaming. It's been set on fire. If it's not still smouldering and fucking red hot, then it stinks. Like, it really reeks. And what does a cop do? Oh, I think I'll have a nice little sit down in the front seat here. <laughs> yeah. What fucking possesses you to do that? So, yeah, utterly ridiculous. And And the guy... I can't remember. It was one of the earlier gang members, wasn't it? And he kind of hops over this like hard shoulder piece. And I'm like, well, mate, you fucking sorted there because just, just literally stay there. And the car could not get to you. And so like you say, with the massive turning circle, even if it tries to get round the outside, you're just like, 
oh, going around the outside here. I'll just hop over to the other side. I can do this all day. <laughs> but no, no, let's run down this open road. I'm sure a car will not be able to catch me there. <laughs> so yeah, it, it, isn't it? it was absolute nonsense. And, and just, uh, you know, it's 1983, isn't it? Like I say, you can't judge it against today's kind of uh, more realistic, critical eye. But um, yeah, it was nonsense. I'll tell you, the, the, the most disappointing kill for me, though, I think was Buddy himself. I mean, he was the, the proper you know antagonist wasn't he just utter arsehole like say your your classic stephen king murderous bully uh with a knife you know um and then he gets half set on fire and then decides you know to run down this open road (laughs) (laughs) sort of on fire and then christine just sort of runs over him and that's it and you're like, oh, come on, this piece of shit. You, you know, you wanted something a, a bit more satisfying from that death, I think. Yeah, I, I agree because the payoff the payoff isn't there. You want the big showdown, don't you? And Christine sort of saves yeah. Arnie. But then what happens is it takes a very sinister turn because then Arnie becomes an absolute fucking bellend, doesn't he? He, he? It's not like when he's like he's been horrible to his parents, he's damning. He, he, listen, he's about fucking eight stone wet through. His old man chases after him at that argument. And he does some sort of fucking death lock on his neck, doesn't he? Like he's going to rip his throat out like Roadhouse style, Dave. And his dad's like, oh. you know, and Arnie's now all of a sudden fucking nails in it. He's like not wearing the glasses. He's fucking 10 men. And then Arnie just becomes a complete <laughs> bell end, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. No, utter arsehole. And. Like you say, he's not just an arsehole, but he also uh, has been in the Matrix and learned Kung Fu and, you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. fucking 10 men. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, his parents were, weren't particularly nice either, though, were they? They, they were sort of bellends, I think. Um, but yeah, and his mate, you know, his mate's trying to uh, look out for him. So he seems to be a classic jock type character, doesn't he? But I mean, weirdly, you know, I don't know kind of why they're friends, you know, him and uh, so Arnie and Dennis. But yeah, it, it kind of, I guess I, I was looking for the for the proper showdown to be with, um, to be with Buddy. But yeah, it's it sort of takes a turn doesn't it towards the end and basically you you have this showdown in in the uh i don't know it's like a warehouse isn't it yeah it's it is it's almost like where the car is being kept as well and, and just before that mm. i will say though dave i did like the bit with buddy i know it's ridiculous that you know the way buddy but when the car's chasing him and it's got the flames and then obviously it goes back to the garage just engulfed in it. It's just cooled down, but it's all fucking charred. And that's when the old bloke gets in the car. I did yeah. like that bit, I must admit. You know what I think was most impressive about that? Again, you're thinking, fucking hell, this is like early 80s. There was a stunt guy in that car. Yes. That is yeah. bonkers, isn't it? I mean, talk about health and safety <laughs> that, that must have like how did how did he see i that was Weird. that was really impressive that bit it looked cool though it's stood up in terms of effects really really well but like I say when you're thinking about how did they actually do that i mean he must have had so much protection on and i don't know maybe he's kind of done a few dry runs where he, he kind of 
where he can almost drive blind, you know, where he needs to drive. Because I just can't imagine the amount of flames that were in that car, how he'd be able to actually see where he's going. Yeah, I don't. And again, maybe it's two-way glass or something, but you're right. I like the effect of the black windows. When Christine's psycho, mm. it goes full-on fucking pimp by ride, doesn't it? It's like, yeah, you can't see. And that's probably John Carpenter wanted that effect, you know, whether it's Arnie actually driving. Mm. Uh, is that the effect? But I do think, Dave, as well, like, you know, the, the, that, that bit when Arnie sort of turns and it's like you say, we've got the showdown with Dennis and they're in the fucking factory and, you know, he's in this big JCB thing and he's using the girl as bait with Christine. I mean, that's a hell yeah. of a fucking gamble, isn't it? He's sat it up is, there with yeah, this big yeah. <laughs> fucking 10 son fucking digger and she's there getting chased around the, the warehouse. I mean, the flexibility of that car is unbelievable. I think the fucking Dukes of Asa boys, the Duke boys were driving that the way it was turning that. But, he ends up crushing a dunny and fucking... But Arnie ends up taking one for the team. And he's the main guy. So you're thinking, maybe we're going to get redemption arc. He's going to be like, what the fuck have I done? I'm so sorry. He saves everyone. He'd not done anything bad, really. It's, you know, there was a bit where he... I mean, there was a bit where he could tell they were in tandem earlier on when he says to Christine Dunny, like, do, you know, do it sort of thing. And she transforms. That's what you were saying about, like, it's unbelievable. Like, but the like has won. And he gets killed. And you're like... What's the fucking point? He's had a, he got bullied by Buddy and his fucking mates. Mm. He's he's got taken over by a car. His parents hate him. Now he's been killed, and he's just the main <laughs> character. It's a really really it's strange a shit life, thing, really, isn't he? Yeah, and then all of a sudden, Dave, lo and behold, the fucking jock saves the day. Dennis, who yeah. really was just that he was a fucking peripheral figure, really. He was just Arnie's fucking fluffer for nearly the whole movie. But at the end, he redeems himself and he's the hero. It's so bizarre that ending for me. Yeah, I, and I guess you you sort of think, well, what what is the moral to take away from the story? What yes. what, what is the point? Like you say, the fucking poor Arnie. He seemed like a nice kid at the start. Gets kind of seduced by the the car, but you're thinking this is some mystical power. This or you know, he's possessed almost by this car, and then fucking dies at the end. And the the you know, good looking jock guy gets the girl and runs off. You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, there's no fucking good takeaway story there, is there? And I think, again, maybe if maybe if I'd have seen it in the early 80s and, and been creeped out by it, like some of the things, I don't know when the, the cop gets in the car, the burnt-out car, you know, maybe they'd been like, oh, shit, oh, no, he's going to die kind of thing. You know, maybe there would have been some tension there, but no, it's just... Yeah, I, I like I say, Chris. It, it's not like it feels. It sounds like I'm shitting on it, and I'm not. It was definitely watchable, but in terms of a takeaway, in terms of uh, you know moral of the story, in terms of making sense, in terms of being scary, it, it doesn't hit any of those things. But I do think the the characters were good. I think the actually, you know what, with, with Carpenter doing it, the music. I thought it was really good, good. very Carpenter-esque, yeah. uh, you know, yes, like, very good. wasn't it? So, and and yeah, some of the effects and stunts and and stuff were were really good with the car and stuff. So, so yeah, I thought I thought there was plenty good about this as well, but yeah, mostly nonsense though. It was to be fair. I've just realised that as well as you're saying that that Lee, who's obviously the main woman, it's that Alexandra Paul who was in Baywatch Dave. She was Mitch Buchanan's uh, right hand lady who. 
all I would say, Dave, I didn't fancy as much as the other girls for some rather... Yes, I just didn't fancy her. Let's not go down that route, Chris. But, um, yeah, she wasn't oh, my favourite, yeah. Dave. Well, you know I guess I mean? she was She was a, a little bit older and a bit less shapely, should I say, <laughs> than, than some <laughs> of the other uh, that, that, <laughs> that, that you probably had your eye on on Baywatch. Oh, but, uh... let's, let's cut the crap, Dave. I couldn't pull one off to her, Dave. Let's just cut it right down the middle. That's exactly what I'm saying. She wasn't my type. That's all I'll say. My shoulder would still be intact if I saw her every episode, Dave, but there you go. Anyway, moving on. So, so anything else on this one, Dave, before we get into the scores? No, it's a bit of a short one, isn't it? Great pick, Chris. <laughs> yeah, well done, Chris. <laughs> Should we get into our final review? Let's go. So yeah, so with this one, Dave, I wasn't sure whether it still had that fear factor, that like horror feel to it, that edge to it that I remembered as a kid. And I'll be honest, it didn't. The concept of it's great. And I just think when you're watching at the start, like I say, I can't get past Buddy. He's so fucking old looking. Jesus Christ. He had everyone's paper around if he was only 24, 25. <laughs> I'd have to check his birth certificate. There is no way he's mid-20s. <laughs> However, I'll take what you said as, as, as for real at the moment. But... Yeah, I just don't think it hits. I think it's one of the ones that hasn't aged very well. There isn't any jeopardy to it. There's loads of times watching it where you're like, well, you could just simply step to the left. And no matter how good the car is, it ain't fucking getting you. They all could have got away from it. The scene when he, and we didn't really talk about it, where he squashes the, the biggest guy of the gang and he, he ends up like the, the wings go in and it goes down like this little alley oh, sort yeah, of thing. Yeah. You know, that's quite a good moment. But watching it now, you don't get the full effect because they actually cut to it before it crushes him. So, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it and it's not terrible and the soundtrack's great and everything, but it's just not what I expected. And watching it now, realising that the main star just gets pumped off and he's an arsehole at the end. He's just so random. So I think... I'm going to put it in Elm Street, Dave, just at the top end, if there is such a thing, because I don't think it's good enough to go in the middle, but it's definitely worth a watch. And uh, it's just more than anything, throw it in there, see what you think of it. So uh, what did you think, Dave? Well, actually, before I do my sum-up thoughts, you're right, where it sort of squashes down, you know, because it doesn't do a like a Transformers thing where it gets smaller. It literally forces its way through and squashes the guy but i'm thinking it all happens so slowly like behind him there looked like this thing that he could probably climb up on but it was coming down that little alley bit so slowly i'm thinking yes climb on the fucking bonnet yeah <laughs> just, Get away. it just didn't didn't do it for me that bit so yeah, look, again, I, I think if I'd have seen this when I was a kid, I, I think I'd have probably been scared by it. I think this is maybe one of those that it's a perfect kind of tween horror. You know, someone who's, I don't know, between like 12 and 15 maybe. You know, that's the kind of age where you're watching this and you go, ooh, this is scary kind of thing. But but then you get older and you're like, yes, yeah, really not. So, yeah, it just didn't do a lot for me. I, I kind of, I was invested in the story, uh, more so the characters, and like I say, the, the effects were really good. I thought, thought the music was good, and I wanted to know where it went, you know, but it, it was basically like uh, the, the Arnie got corrupted and then died. <laughs> End story. 
know? And you got this mystical <laughs> car, this this sentient car as well. So yeah, not not really for me. I'm gonna. I, I think I've rated it probably worse than you. I, I don't think it deserves to be put fully into the uh, into Alderaan, but but um, yeah, Elm Street, but not near the top of Elm Street either. Kind of near the bottom somewhere. I think <laughs> it'll be a while before I watch this one again. But yeah, intriguing, Chris. Than more so than intriguing. than a good than a good watch. Fair enough on that. No, I'm just glad you watched it. So, Dave, it is your pick. We're sticking to the Halloween theme. What have you got up your sleeve, my friend, to scare the living shit out of me? Well, Chris, I was umming and ahhing because I was thinking about things like The Stuff. That that was one. It probably, again, one that I watched in the kind of late 80s. And, uh, you know, again, I, I can't imagine it would hold up that well. It's a bit ridiculous, so not, not a particularly scary horror movie. We did Troll 2, legendary film, uh, earlier this year. So I was thinking about maybe going back to the original Troll. Chris, I'm going to push the boundaries. So we always say that... End of or 2005 is our cutoff, so that's when DVD sales outstripped VHS sales. So we won't choose for our regular picks anything beyond 2005. We can for our Patreons and our late fees, we'll, we'll go beyond that, but uh, for our regular picks, we won't go beyond that. But I don't think I've ever gone quite as far as 2001. And this one, Chris, I watched in the movies. And I've mentioned this one a few times before because this is the movie that made me say, fuck you to horror. (laughs) (laughs) This is the one where I'm in the cinema almost literally shitting my pants. And so this put me off horror for a good few years and it's taken me a while to come back. Chris, this is the 2001 Jeepers Creepers. Now let's get into the trailer. I haven't seen a car in 50 miles. You know what I just thought of, right? I'm pretty sure that is the same car. It looks like it, doesn't it? Hmm. Wouldn't that be a weird... That would be a weird callback. Something it likes, one of you. Oh, I'm gonna be jumping out my fucking skin watching this. Jeepers, creepers. Oh, VHS man. Yeah. 
Well, <laughs> now, Chris, I, bearing in mind, it's a different experience when I was sat in a very dark cinema watching this. And, and to be fair, I, I'm not going give, to give too much away, but I think the first half was the, the bit that where I was just like, fuck this. I, I, I'm not enjoying this at all. Second half gets a little bit silly, but... I think if you're you're probably going to be watching it with the, all the fucking lights on in the <laughs> daytime, watching it on your phone, so it's less intimidating on your phone. <laughs> so it's not going to be as bad. And I probably think for me, I, I'll be interested because I've not gone back to watch this one. So it, it, it could be one of those where I go back and think, God, you're a pussy. Fucking, there's there's nothing wrong with this at all. But let's let's see. Well, Dave, I'm going to shock you and say, I have seen this one before, my friend. Oh, have you? Oh, yes. Because <laughs> Samantha made me watch it many years ago, Dave, and I fucking hated every minute of it. But I have seen it. I was <laughs> shitting myself. So, yes. Uh, I don't know why it's going to hold. I know there's been a remake, haven't there, a couple of years ago? Because I remember the oh, Jeepers really? Creepers character is one of the scariest ones. Yeah, it would be quite recent. But, yeah, it's been a remake, definitely. Um, I, I'm I think fully aware of this movie, Dave. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Jeepers Creepers Reborn. Hmm. See? He's for, I, I mean, I say I don't like horror movies, Dave, but there is times when I have to watch these piles of shit. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, I'm not happy you've picked it, but it is one of them. I, I understand why. Yeah, yeah. Right. Anyway, Dave, so massive thank you to everyone, as always. If you want to email us, the VHS Strikes Back at gmail.com. If you want to follow us on social media at VHS Strikes Back, please go over to Podcast Catching App and drop us a review, guys. And then me and Dave will read about hopefully good, but if there's some bad ones, we love sledging each other. So get over there and drop us a review. Uh, if you do want to support us, get over to patreon.com forward slash the VHS Strikes Back. So the roll call of honor for today is, and a massive thank you to Lee, Helen, Dylan, Stephen, Trent. Dan, Justin, Susan, Timothy, Matt, Heath, Ken, Lucky Lulu Green, Herb, Jax, Matt, Blake, John Hammond, and Mr. Tony Farina. So thank you so much for your support, guys. We really appreciate it. Uh, and now, Dave, I've been trawling all the quotes. <laughs> I have been trawling all the quotes. And all I'll say, Dave, is a line that is pretty poor, actually. When you look at the dialogue, it's fucking bobbins. But I think this, this resonates with men. All of our age, Dave. So a lot of our audience are middle-aged men. And as you get older, you know, you see a decline physically. You know, your, your energy levels are not where they are, Dave. But as I've got older, there's only one thing that I think about all the time. Dave. And it's hence why my shoulder's always bad. And Bermise actually says in this movie, she smiled at me. I want to have deep, meaningful sex with her, Dave. <laughs> and as you get older, that's all I think about. Goodbye. Bye now. That's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over. What the fuck are we gonna do now? What are we gonna do? Maybe we could build a fire, sing a couple of songs, huh? Why don't we try that? We better get back, because it'll be dark soon, and they mostly come at night. Mostly. I'll be back. That's not. We came, we saw, we kicked its ass. Wax on, wax off. All right. Ding, ding. Bust you up. Go for it. Well, here we go. Ain't so bad. 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 Ain't so bad.
Come on. You must be crazy or something. I'm crazy. You're just a stupid yeah, fool. Yeah, maybe you're stupid. You're crazy. They ain't breathing heavy. He's a fool. He's stupid. I've seen you in six months. Come on.